0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at The River. Well, I'm excited about the message today because today I want to minister to you on the topic of wanting things. There's a kind of want in God that if you have it, you'll always win, you'll always succeed. Let me give you an example of this. If you Desire something from God bad enough that you'll change bad enough that you will seek God with all of your heart if you want it that bad God will manifest it in your life so often we have problems in our lives and and we have a desire for deliverance but we just don't want it bad enough to really put in the time or the effort that God wants us to have this is an ingredient in scripture that you have to have James said it this way. He said that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervency only comes if you want it bad enough. And many of you got needs in your life right now. And I want you to ask this question. Do you want it bad enough that you're married to be better? Do you want it bad enough that you go to the next level financially? Do you want it bad enough that you would feel better in your body health-wise? If the question is yes then all you need to do is apply what God has promised you, and he will begin to minister to you in a great way. I want to read to you a text in Matthew chapter 5. It is a story of a woman. She's called a Canaanite woman. But in a Mark's account, chapter 7, verse 24 to 30, she's referred to a Syrophoenician woman now those terms simply mean she's a gentile she's someone that doesn't go to church someone that doesn't pray someone that doesn't live a religious life someone who's not obviously a tither or given in the church she's an unchurched individual and in jesus ministry he was called to minister to the jews first those that were following god and then afterwards the gospel went out into all the world say amen But let me start with this. I want you to see something from it. She wanted this deliverance from her child. Her child had a demon. And it says the demon was an unclean spirit, which means there was some type of perversity in her daughter that came from an evil spirit, and she recognized it. And she wanted it so bad that her that her daughter would be uh, delivered from this. That when she heard that Jesus was in town. And remember Jesus, he had just come from feeding the 5,000, ministering to the sick. And he was actually on holiday. He was actually resting with his disciples in a region that he was not known at. She heard about it. And here's where the story starts out. That's in... Um, Matthew chapter 15, it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed from the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman, Canaan, from that region, cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Like I said, in Mark's uh, gospel, it talks about an unclean spirit there. And it says, Behold, a woman came and came from the region, cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter, severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she Came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to little dogs. And she said, Yes, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the Master's table. Then Jesus answered, Now watch this, and said to her, a wo- uh, old woman, great is your faith, let it be to you as you, you desire or want. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now I want you to understand that she wanted it so bad that she was willing to persist even when she was not welcome. She, was, she wanted it so bad that she, the, the Bible says in Mark's gospel that as soon as she found out that Jesus was there, she immediately went out looking for him. Do you want it so bad that you immediately respond to it? Do you want it so bad that you immediately get some counseling, start uh, getting some word on your marriage? Do you want it that bad? She did, and she sought out Jesus. And maybe you're sitting in the house right now wondering and saying, You know, Lord, I want to be delivered here, but do you want it bad enough? Do you want to surrender your life to Christ? Do you want to seek God enough? Do you want it that bad that you're willing to go to church every week, that you're willing to pray every day? Do you want it that bad? Because sometimes God will allow our faith to be tested, and he lets it be tested because it's going to take great faith to be able to get the manifestation of what you want. And so the testing is what brings that out. And she went there. The disciples didn't want her to to, uh, be there. And she was rejected by them. But she persisted and persisted and persisted. Even with Jesus, Jesus said, listen, I'm really sent to the lost sheep of Israel right now. Later, to the Gentiles. But because she wanted it so bad, she was in faith. And when Jesus said that about the children's bread, she said, well, even the little dogs eat the crumbs from the table. And I want to say this to a lot of you. She was the kind of woman that wanted it so bad that she was not willing to let offense prevent her from receiving her miracle. I wonder how many times our pride gets in the way and we don't receive from the word because it hits our pride. But when you want it so bad, you will be willing to cast it down and not let it affect you in any way. I'll give you an illustration of this. Many, many years ago, Before I knew Jesus, I was training in the martial arts. And uh, when you train in the martial arts, you have to stand in certain positions for hours in the training. And one day I was in there, and I was in that position. And uh, the instructor that was before me, he went around behind me. I didn't think anything about it. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the ground. He did a sweep and knocked me down. And he was teaching me something that you have to be ready even when you're not expecting it. And and I remember, I could have got offended and said, what are you doing? I'm paying you this money a month so that you can sneak up behind me and knock me down. But I didn't do that. You know why? Because I wanted the instruction. I, I wanted it so bad that I was willing willing to be swept off my feet. I was willing to be surprised. I was willing even to be offended because what I wanted was was the instruction. And I'll tell you, after that day, I never again was swept off my feet uh, because I was always ready. Can you say amen? Some of you in life, you've been swept off your feet. You've been offended. And because you're offended... You haven't been able to receive the blessing that God wants you to have in your life. You got offended. Or, I got mad at the church, you know, the pastor, he said this, and you're missing out on what you need right now for your blessing. Do you want it bad enough that you can take the truth? Do you want it bad enough that your wife can tell you exactly what she thinks without milking it down? Do you want it bad enough that you can learn the word even when it's hard on your flesh? Because the miracles of God, sometimes you have to want it bad enough in your life to receive the blessing. Because you're going to have to stretch yourself. You're going to have to go farther than you ever went before in your life. Let me give you some examples in the Bible of people that wanted it so bad. Think about Joshua and Caleb. They were willing. They wanted the promised land so bad. They were willing to wait 45 years to go in and possess it. Abraham and his wife were willing to have a baby when they're almost 100. They wanted it so bad, so bad that they were willing to pay that price. They're willing to press in. Think about the man that was in the pool of Bethesda. He had been there 38 years. He wanted it so bad that he was willing willing to move himself to that location and sit there by a public pool for 38 years. That's a long time. What about the woman with the blood issue? She wanted it so bad that she took all of her wealth. She took her retirement money, and she gave it towards doctors over a 12-year period of time in order to get the miracle that she wanted in her life. And it didn't work. But she wanted it so bad that she wouldn't give up. She wouldn't quit. She wouldn't throw in the towel. She kept believing. And when she heard about Jesus, she decided, I'm going to do something that's even more radical. I want it so bad, I'm going to put myself at risk by going into a crowd because I'm considered unclean. I could be actually stoned by doing this, but I want my healing so bad, I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm going to push people out of the way because I'm normally a polite person, but I want to get to Jesus' karma because I believe when I touch it, the healing power of God will hit me and deliver me from my oppression. Do you want it that bad? Did you cry out to the Lord, That you're willing to pray every day for it? Do you want it so bad that you're willing to deny your flesh? Do you want it so bad that you're willing to meditate on the word day and night? Do you want it that bad? Or is it something that you want easy? Remember the effective fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. But it can't be fervent unless you want it that bad. If you don't want to be healed that bad, it's not going to happen. If you don't want to have a good marriage, that bad, it's not going to happen. Faith, our part, is desire. God's part is giving us faith. God's part is the provision. But the desire part is us. If we don't have the desire for God the way that we should, we need to cultivate it so that we want it so bad that we'll go to church, do whatever we got to do in God's word to get it. And if you do that, my friend, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing upon you that is so great and so awesome, it will transform your life. I think sometimes the problem is we just can't make up our mind. I don't know what I want. When you're in faith, you have to make up your mind, or you're called a double-minded person. you got to make up your mind. You want to make more money than you're making now. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to feel better in your body. you got to make up in your mind, I'm not going to live with all this pain in my life. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to trust God's Word, and believe God, and stretch yourself to the measure that God has called you to. You know, I think one of the problems in the church today is that many Christians have a passive faith. And the reason why I believe we have passive faith is because of the fact that, ma- that many of us have been indoctrinated by doctrine that demotivates us. It, it it's takes away from us the ambition and the desire of doing anything we got to do to make it happen. To give you an example, in the Scriptures... As we read the Bible, one of the things I like to do is look at what the church fathers believed. I'm talking about uh, 50, 60 years after the church had been birthed. What did they write down they believed? You know they actually believed in the rapture in the very beginning? One of the doctrines that came 1,500 years later that you find in Baptist church, you find in evangelical churches, is the doctrine of eternal security. Now, I'm not here to talk about doctrine, about eternal security, but I am going to say that it has created this once saved, always saved, a passive faith. There's a lot of people in the church, they just don't desire God enough. They don't to desire what God can give for them enough. And I think some of it is they keep reflecting, well, if God's in it, he'll do it. If God's not in it, he won't do it. And it's a passive faith, and that passive faith won't remove mountains. You're not going to win the Super Bowl with passive faith. You're not going to break records with passive faith. You're not going to grow a church with passive faith. You're going to grow a church with ambitious faith, where people desire so much in their life, they can't live without it. I want it so bad, I'm willing to go to the prayer meeting. I want it so bad, I'm willing to get counseling. I want it so bad I'm willing to budget in my family. I want it so bad that I'm willing to take a course at night so that I can get my degree and I can get that job that I want. I want it that bad. We need that in the church to prevail to the measure that God wants you to prevail. I want to read to you a verse in Matthew 7, 23. It says this, Jesus says, depart from me... me, you who work iniquity, for I never knew you. Now, understand what he says when he says that. You have to see it within the context. The context, the Sermon on the Mount, he's just teaching the people. He's saying, listen, there's two ways to get to heaven. There's a narrow gate and there's a broad gate. And he says, most people take the broad gate, but it's a narrow gate. And then he says, I want you to beware of false prophets. And then from that, he talks about those at the end of the age that'll confess him as Lord, and he'll say, Depart from me, I never knew you. In other words, this is a group of people that didn't want salvation bad enough. They didn't want to repent of their sins, they didn't want to quit sleeping with their girlfriend, they didn't want to change their life according to Scripture. They just wanted an insurance policy. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Church, you don't get saved unless you want it so bad that you're willing to deny yourself, that you want it so bad that you're willing to put God's will before yours. You want it so bad that you're willing to say, today, Lord, I'm going to serve you. You're going to be my Lord, not my money, not my vision. You are going to be the Lord of my life. And when you do that, there is a transformation in your spirit. And you become born again, overwhelmed by the power of God. And something transpires in your heart that was never there before. In the church today, in America, there's this idea that you can get an unbeliever to just go to church, make it comfortable enough, eventually he'll just like going to church and he'll be a Christian. You can't be a Christian simply because it's comfortable it's because you want salvation so bad that you're willing to give up everything to follow Jesus. Someone out of praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's the truth, and that's what makes true conversions, and that's what makes the difference between a believer or a disciple. God has called us to be disciples. I don't know if you know this, but you're not normal. If you confess Jesus as Lord, if God has transformed your life, you're not normal. Normal people do not believe in the supernatural. Normal people do not have babies when they're a hundred. Normal people do not go to war at 85 years old. Normal people do not go into a crisis situation that endangers them and know with full assurance that God will protect them because they're in the perfect path of God. Normal people don't do that, and that's exactly what we are. We are unnormal. We are not normal. We are supernatural. We are blessed of God. We are overcomers. We are seated in heavenly places places. We believe in the supernatural. We believe that our life belongs to God. And wherever God leads us and and guides us, we will follow him. If it means selling our house, if it means changing careers, we are like that. And my friend, you got to want it so bad to make it happen when I went into ministry, I wanted it so bad that I would sweep the floors I wanted it so bad that I worked in the nursery I wanted it so bad that I studied until midnight every night of the week studying at home while I carried down a full time job I wanted it so bad whatever the pastor asked me to do I did it I wanted it so bad that I moved across the country to get the education that I needed I wanted it so bad that I put all of my dreams and visions on hold and said Jesus I'm gonna follow you and you alone in my life, and I'll tell you what—it pays off. But you gotta want it that bad. You gotta to want to be restored. You gotta to want to go over the top. You gotta to want it so bad that you're not held back from this or that. But you'll serve God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all come on your might. Church, give God praise. He loves you so much, man. That's what God loves. And God wants that in your own life. It's kind of like prayer. If you talk to most Christians about prayer, not you, but in many churches, and they think, well, that's just talking to God. No, it's more than talking to God. You have to pray the way he says to pray. You got to believe the way he says to believe. It isn't just talking. You have to do it the way he said. Jesus, when he taught about that we are the branches and Jesus is the vine, he said something very interesting. He said, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, ask what you wish or want, and it shall be given to you. But notice the conditions. He mentioned abiding in him, which means being born again, and his word abiding in you. But what's interesting is in that text, he never once mentions belief, never once mentions faith. Why? Because when you abide in him, you're born again. And when the word's inside of you, you have faith. The word, the faith comes from his word. If you got his word, you got faith. That's the condition. You don't just pop off a request. You find faith. You find his word. Get it in your heart. And God says, whatever you ask, then I'll give it to you. Hallelujah. So you got to want it so bad that that, that you don't just surface it, but you say, Lord, I really want to know you in the way that you said to know you. Matthew 5, 6 uh, 6 says this. It says, if you thirst and you hunger for righteousness, you shall be filled. But if you don't want it bad enough, you're not going to be hungry for it. You've got to be hungry for increase, hungry for souls, hungry for a changed life, hungry that you'll make your relationships better, hungry that you'll be fruitful in your life. It just won't happen. You've got to want it so bad that you'll put in the time, you'll put in the effort, and you'll stretch yourself to the measure that is necessary to see it happen in your life. Can you say amen? The desire is our part, but the provision is God's part. We have to want it. We got to want to build a bil- bigger building. We got to want to reach millions of people. We got to want to see the sick healed. We got to want it so bad that we listen to God, that we wait on the Spirit. You got to want it that bad. If you don't, you won't be in a place that the miraculous can happen in your life. I've seen people that wanted it so bad. They were there day and night, day and night, day and night, praying, seeking God. Every time the door doors open, they were there praying. And God would come through and deliver them. you got to want it that bad. problem with a lot of people is we don't want it bad enough. We have our ambitions and desires on other things. And God's word sits on the sideline. Let me close with this. I want you to hear this. There's a difference between a disciple and a believer. We are saved because we believe, but you don't become a disciple simply because you believe in Jesus. There's more to it. Jesus said that a disciple is someone that actually loves him more than any human relationship. A disciple is someone that counts the cost. And no matter how much it costs to follow Christ, he's willing to pay it. That's a disciple. A disciple is someone that is willing to put everything under the feet of Jesus. And that's what God called us to. He said, make disciples of all nations. He didn't just say, make people believe. He said, make disciples of all nations. The devil believes in Jesus. People that apostatize believe in Jesus. But that is not what he wants. He wants us to be disciples. That we would want it so bad that we'd say, God, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, Lord. Lord, I'm at your bidding. I love the verse in Psalms four. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart or what you want. The word there, delight, it means soft delicate it means something that is that you can mold into something in other words when I delight, delight myself in the Lord I say Lord mold me make me into what you want me to be Lord I'm going to submit to what you want and if I do that the Bible says he'll give me what I want in my life he will give it to me why because I want to know him so bad that I'll do whatever it takes to make it happen how about you How about your wife? How about your children? Do you want your children to serve serve God so bad that you'll take them on Wednesday night to the youth meeting? Do you want your children to serve God so bad that you're willing to have a Bible study with them during the week? Do Do you want it so bad that you're willing to use discipline when they're hanging around the wrong people and say, No, you can't. Do you want it that bad? Or do you not care? I know you care but you got to want it so bad that you do that for the Lord. And God will restore and God will rebuild and God will give you the breakthrough in your life. Church, we have been quarantined from the vision of God over this last 5 months. Every churches around the world have been quarantined from it. And I'm telling you right now That as this church opens up, the vision's going to open up. I'm going to challenge you more than you've ever challenged before. Because I want it more than life itself. I want millions of people to come to Jesus. I want the healing power of God to be displayed. And the glory of God to fall in the meetings. And the kind of glory to shine. Man, I want that so bad. Come on, give him praise. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, that's so powerful, and it's so needed in the church, and that's where the joy of the Lord is at its height in your life, when you're wanting it so bad that he's moving through you in such a great way. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River app, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.